Welcome to Smut Lovers, the podcast. The one place designed to talk about all things smut. For years, the word has carried negativity, but it's time to take back and own it. In each episode, you will spend time with spicy romance author Nikki Rome as she interviews readers, authors, and kinksters about all things romance. Do you have a book you love, but you've been too afraid to talk about it? Leave all that worry at the door and join us as we dig into what we love and what we hate about smutty books. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Smut Lovers, the podcast. I am Nikki Rome, a spicy romance author, and I am here this week with Kate Oliver. We are here to talk all things smutty romance, because that's what we're about. So, <laughs> welcome, Kate. We're happy to have you this week. Hi. I'm happy Thank to be you here. so much. I know it's exciting. It's exciting to have new pieces and new people on every week. Um, so let me share with you guys a little bit about Kate before we jump into all of this. So Kate Oliver has aspired to be an author all of her life. Uh, for the time that she was known as that girl who always had her nose stuck in a book, Kate Oliver has wanted to be a writer. Uh, currently, fetish romance is her absolute favorite for both reading and writing. Kate has been part of the fetish community for many years and strives to write stories that realistically reflect that lifestyle. Her favorite part of writing her own books is dreaming up the hot and steamy yet loving and strict. That's, I think, all of our favorite part, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Daddies and yeah. littles that we dream about. So awesome. Thanks again, Kate. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. So how are you doing today? We're happy to have you. I mean, this is, uh, I mean, I think you just said this is your first podcast. So we're excited to have you. Yes. Um, I'm good. I'm very good. Good. I know it's yes. a little late in the day for for all of us, so we will uh, we'll keep you energized and awake as we talk all things smut. Oh, that's okay. So share with me a little bit more about yourself. So it sounds like, I mean, you've always kind of been a reader, which m most of us have. So when mm -hmm. did you find all the smutty good stuff? Um, so I was like a teenager, like probably 12, 13. Um, and my aunt gave me a box of her old Harlequin romances, you know, Love like the, yes. the old ones. And I still have boxes of those. Like gave I me mean, a huge once box. in a while you need the comfort of an old Harlequin book. Yes. <laughs> and I read every single one of those books and I just fell in love with romance. Like I couldn't get enough of it. And, um, it was just, I never stopped after that. It was just romance. And that's all I've read ever since. I love it. It's funny. Yeah. It's actually kind of amazing the amount of people who have had family members at very young points in their lives were the ones who brought them into this romance world. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. I can't wait until my nieces and nephews get older so I could be like, here, read this. Uh, because why not? Like, I would love to be that person that totally influenced their reading for the rest yeah. of their lives. <laughs> Well, it's I mean, I probably won't give them my books right away, but you know. No. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Warm up no. to some of that stuff. Yeah. So what is it that appeals to you? Or I mean, uh, I guess appeals and appealed. Like, what was it that appealed to you so much about the romance books when you were younger? And has that changed as you've gotten older or throughout the years? Well, I will say that even in the back when I was reading the Harlequins, like the really strong, dominant men, because they have them in the Harlequins. I mean, they may not be 
you know, defined as a dom or, or a daddy or anything like that, but they're definitely dominant. Um, so I always love that. I always loved that they were take charge. They really uh, focused on taking care of um, the female character. And um, that was something that I always loved. And I still love to this day. I, I just, I love strong male characters who are maybe a bit stubborn and even a little bit unreasonable when it comes to taking care of uh, the female character. But um, I mean, that's just, I love that part of the, of romance books. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of what appeals to a lot of us. Um, and Harlequin over the years, I mean, for those of you who've ever picked up an old Harlequin romance, they've got a lot to um, be desired sometimes. Yeah. Um, but they're really standard tropey romances. Like you can pick one of those up and you know exactly what you're going to get. Yes. Um, and in fact, I, I came into this reading like um, paranormal romance, things like that mm. when I was younger, before I realized there was just straight up contemporary romance stuff that was out there. And when I did, it was Harlequin. And I did probably the same thing. Like I picked a trope I loved and I read every single Harlequin ever published in that trope. And um, our local library used to do these deals where they would like, it was like a bag of books for like $3 and it would be like 30 or 40 mm -hmm. Harlequins in there. And so I still have boxes of those books laying around. Yeah. <laughs> because you do like, sometimes you like to just go back and kind of pick one up or grab it and just, you know, revisit yeah, some of those I, I old wish stories. I still had that box of Harlequins. I wish that I still had them. <laughs> I'll be sure to save some for you next time. Yes. You. <laughs> so tell me, is there one book in particular that you would say like really stands out in your memory? And it doesn't necessarily have to be from when you were younger, just like forever that kind of changed your reading, your life, like where you were like, oh, this is really what I truly love more than anything else, even if it's like a subgenre within romance. Um, so I would say the one that um, probably sticks out the most would be Master of the Mountain. And I, I believe it's by Sharice Sinclair. Um, and this was back in, you know, 2006 seven, maybe, um, around that time that, uh, before, I don't even know if Kindle was a thing at the time. So, you know, I went to my local bookstore and bought a paperback of this mm -hmm. book. Um, and sh she was a plus size woman and, um, he, you know, he was just this big burly man that, um, you know, he, he just took her under his wing and it was just a wonderful book. Um, I have read it multiple times and I wouldn't, I don't know that it's my favorite book, but it's definitely the book that probably was a turning point for me in what I like to read. Yeah. Um, it's a great book. I mean, I definitely recommend it. Um, and then ever, <laughs> I kind of went down the rabbit hole after that and it's been just dirtier and dirtier ever since. <laughs> okay, which rabbit, here's me, which rabbit hole are we talking about? Mountain men, burly, the dirtier, the all kinky, of them. all the dirt. <laughs> I got you. All I got you. That makes sense. That makes sense. Master yeah. of the Mountain. I'll be sure, we'll link to that in the in the yeah. show notes for this week. Um, 
because I do. I love these recommendations. Sometimes they're books I've never even heard of. And I've read some of her stuff before, but I don't think I've read that one. Um, yeah. To be fair, though, I did not read a lot of curvy plus size romance for years and years. Um, There's not, and there know. wasn't a lot of it out there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It was hard to find. Um, yeah. And I think there's a bit more of a trend where we're seeing a lot more of it now, of course, which is great. Um, mm -hmm. And I hope it's not a trend. Like, I hope it doesn't die out. Like, I hope yeah. it sticks because everyone's always looking for those women that they can identify in stories as well. Um, yes. Yeah. Which is great. Which is great. Um, okay. So let's see. Well, how, okay, so you read Harlequins pretty early on. So the steamy Harlequins, yeah. like, are we talking sex on the page Harlequins? Or are we talking, like, some of the old closed door stuff that they used to do? I, you know, if I recall, right, I think that they were pretty closed door, you know, pretty, yeah. they were kind of, they were pretty subtle with the, with the sex scenes and, and that kind of thing. And so after this master of the mountain, that's when everything kind of shifted. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. What is this book about? I mean, obviously, I mean, there's the curvy heroine and and the mountain man and so forth. But is it, what's the what's the tropes for this one? So the so she goes up to this like um uh it's like a retreat um place that this guy owns with her boyfriend, and um it's like a swingers type situation where he wants to swing and he's not nice to her about her body. Mm -hmm. Um, and when they get there, I mean, she's just miserable, but she wants to please him. And, uh, she, her boyfriend ends up like hooking up with other people and she walks in on it. And so the owner of this re resort or whatever, um, you know, he, she, they run into each other and she's upset or whatever. And, um, he talks to her and, and they kind of get an agreement going and, and for her to be his sub. And, um, then it just kind of takes off after that. And it's just, it's great because, yeah. uh, the entire time this man is making her feel so beautiful and making her feel like she's enough when her, you know, boyfriend before was just, it, she was never good enough. So, yeah. um, and they're out of the woods at, at one point, I think he, um, restrains her to a huge stump, like in the mm. middle of the forest. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We are there. We are a hundred percent in on this one. Yes. <laughs> Or do you have any specific tropes that are like your go-tos? I mean, I know you, you write a lot of daddy littles. Do you write only daddy little books? I only write daddy books. Yeah, yeah. right now. Um, and all of my daddy books are age play. Um, that's definitely my go-to. I love reading it. I love, I love it. But I like, you know, age gap. I like enemies to lovers. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I like it all. For yeah. the most part, I, I'm not into the, like the love triangle type stuff or anything mm -hmm. that has to do with cheating or, or anything like that. So, um, yeah. but I, I love, love age gap. Yeah, I, um, I struggled a little bit with age gap in the beginning, I think, because I, I picked up the wrong books. <laughs> mm. Like, you know, I mean, sometimes things aren't really, I don't know. It was just kind of like, eh. It, but yeah, I've recently grown to love it and even have started writing some of it on my own. So when you see it, when you hear age gap or you, cause you write age gap and you write age play, 
what is that gap you're looking for? Because I see this often comes up, like how big of the gap does it need to be in order to be age gap? Or is it more around like not just the age, but the mannerisms of the characters that are involved as well? You know, I think that when people are specifically looking for like age gap romance, I would say probably 15 to 20 year age gap. Mm-hmm. Um, that would That's just my thought. A lot of yeah. my characters have, you know, 15 years between them. Um, some have five years between them, but I, I, I love the 10 to 15 year range, but mm-hmm. um, well, I mean, I love writing it. I love reading 20 year age gap, you know, yeah. it's, it's the characters that make it good. Mm-hmm. So talk to me a little bit about age play specifically, since you seem to write a lot of it, you know a lot about yeah. it. So define that for yeah. our listeners a little bit and kind of what to expect if they were to pick up a book like yours or by another author that is writing what we consider age play in a King community. Yeah. Um, age play is a form of role play. And so, um, you know, it's two consenting adults that are in some sort of dynamic and agreement. Um, it falls under the BDSM category. So there's always an agreement in place. Typically there's, you know, a, a safe word. Um, and when someone is age playing, they are typically at a playing at a younger age. So it could be that there's a male that is playing the daddy role and there's a female that's playing the little role and she could be playing at any age. Um, there's a lot of age players that go down to, you know, infant ages and um, some that are middles where they like to act like teenagers. And um, it's all a form of dominance and submission, um, but with a little bit more caretaking, I think, to it. And usually daddies are a little bit softer Mm-hmm. Um, than like the typical dom, not to say that doms aren't soft, but daddies are more caretakers. They're gentle, um, yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, so it's, it's an interesting dynamic. It's a very close dynamic, I think. Um, and just very special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, um, <clears throat> we talked a little bit about this with Pepper North as well, and I'm not sure where you guys are going to fall in the sequence of publishing too, because um, she's been writing a lot of these books for a long time as yeah. well. You know, I, the popularity, I think, with the daddy little dynamic, or really, it, what it really essentially is, is a caregiver little dynamic, right? Yes. So really what CGL, DGL, it's got, you know, all its acronyms and so forth. Um but it's that caregiving part of it, I think, that it just continues to be emphasized with these types of books. Yeah, um, it's the caregiving part. And, and you know, when you think about it, I mean, a little, while they're in that headspace of being little, all their responsibilities are gone. And so if you think about it and you think about you go to work every day and you get to come home take off your clothes, put on some comfy pajamas or something cute and not have to worry about anything else for the rest of the night because your caregiver will take care of it. Um, mm-hmm. It's I think it's really freeing. And I think that that's why a lot of people do it. I, I think a lot of people use age play um, as a form of therapy too, um, you know, to make themselves feel better um, and freer and be able to revisit things that maybe they didn't experience as a child. 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of that um, that we see <clears throat> not only in the the live community of kink when when we're experiencing and learning about all these different things that we desire or that interest us. Um, but as readers and especially as authors, I think we write through a lot of these things that, um, you know, processing a lot of stuff that we find that we enjoy really that appeals to us um, can be therapeutic a lot. Do you ever find yeah. yourself writing through specific scenes and so forth where you can just imagine yourself in that role and just, I mean, when you're, let me ask you this, when you're writing, are you more of a, let's say, a plotter, an analytical kind of writer? Or are you basically like, I hear the voices in my head, kind of, I'm experiencing the story writer? <laughs> yes, I, I'm very much not a plotter. Um, I cannot plot to save my life. Um, and no, no judgment there. Time, it's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> most of the time, it's like, oh, this this sounds like that would be fun. Like, let's mm -hmm. write it out, you know, or... Um, things will just come to you. And, and you when authors say that their characters talk to them, like it does, they do. Hmm. Um, you're writing a story and you get to know these characters and then you're like, Oh, she would totally like, totally do that. You know? Um, and so it just plays out in my head and I get a little giggle out of it sometimes when it's something fun. And it's, it's just, it's, it's fun. It's lighthearted yeah. for the most part. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, and and that's one of the, I mean, if it's not fun while we're writing it, then it's not going to be fun for our readers when they're reading it either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, have you found your interests um, it, with either reading or writing this dynamic has changed over the years or um, like once, I mean, it, see, it sounds like once you kind of got into this, this was like your jam, like you realized yeah. this is what you loved. Are there any specific like subplots or tropes that you often see in these books that you just kind of aren't, they don't appeal to you anymore, or maybe they did before, or is it kind of an everything goes thing? You love it all. Kind of an everything goes thing. Um, I, you know, I'm, um, my current series, Daddies of the Shadows, is a bit darker than my first series, West Coast Daddies, and my next series will be even darker. Um, I like it all. Um, I like light and fluffy, and I like dark. Um, I, myself, I'm not into, um, like, the non-consent type mm -hmm. stuff, um, but for the most part, I'm an everything-goes girl, you know. Um, I don't care for the Try, love triangle type things because I just want it to be about the two characters that are involved. So, yeah. And congratulations, by the way. And I know this will come out later, but Wolf did amazing. You just recently had a release in that series you mentioned there. Yes. Um, so when writing the darker romance and still handling these types of relationships, like how does that kind of unfold? Because I mean, we're not just like, popping in like, hey, here's what I want to do. Let's have some fun sex. I mean, they've got darker elements to some of these yeah. stories. Usually they're suspenseful. The characters are working through some things. How have you found writing those types of books or even reading those types of books to differ from, you know, what you may see in mainstream daddy little type books? Um, I think in a lot of the daddy little type books are, a lot of them are light and fluffy, which I think is wonderful because a lot of littles want to read light and fluffy. They don't want mm -hmm. something that's heavy. Um, yeah. And I'm the type of person that I might read a book um, and 
it'd be like, oh my gosh, that was just so heavy. I'm going to go read a Pepper North book because right. she's, so, I mean, her writing is just so sweet. Um, but I will say that I, I love the darker and more, um, I like a good stern daddy, a good growly daddy. Um, and you don't see those as much in, in the light and fluffy books. So yeah. um, when I'm writing the darker things, you know, like Wolf, um, it's finding the balance of he's a bad boy and he'll kill anyone that <laughs> that hurts her. Um, but he has a soft spot for her. Uh, and really deep down, he just truly cares about his family and, and, and his little um, so that's kind of the difference, I guess, um, in the two. I like both. Um, yeah. it's challenging sometimes because when you are writing a dark, darker character, um, you have to be careful that they're not so dark that they can't be a daddy. Yeah. So, you know, there's been times that I've written a daddy and I've sent it to my beta readers and they're like, he's a little bit too dark. He's a little scary. Yeah, and so then I have to kind of soften them up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like the characters are like the MC still going through that like redemption arc throughout the storyline. Um, yes. But it sounds like a lot of it's driven in his reactions and relationships to the heroine. Not necessarily because, you know, sometimes in these dark romances, you'll see them just be like the absolute worst of the worst. But then like they like have a soft spot for puppies or something ridiculous. Right. right? Yeah. Um, that kind of softens them up a little bit. So when the heroine doesn't despise him, you're like, OK, but he right. likes puppies, you know. What I mean? <laughs> but here it yeah. sounds like it has to be a really complicated balance in order for them to be able to appear as someone who could provide that caregiver nature to a heroine even. Right. I mean, you, you know, I mean, so there's so many romance books where the guy might be just, he might kill people for just because, and he has no shame in it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think that if I wrote a daddy that did that, um, people might be like, hmm, so like my daddies of the shadows, they're vigilante. They're they're mm -hmm. hurting people for the greater good. Um, yeah. They don't want to hurt people, but if people hurt them or are hurting other innocent people, then they're, they're going to take care of it. Right, right. Yeah, I have a romantic suspense series that's similar to that, where I'm always like, well, they kind of unalive people, but that's because people are trying to kill their, like, family exactly. and women. So, like, it's totally acceptable, right? Like, Absolutely, yes. I would expect that in my boy book boyfriends. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the real world, it's more complicated, but, like, those men, I would expect that. I mean, if someone's taking me, you're going to just unalive everyone until you get to me. Yep. And yep. now I'm going to be kind of disappointed. So. Right. <laughs> there's some sort of mean, expectations, too for our readers yes. that read the darker romance right yeah so uh my next series will be a bit darker it's gonna be a mafia daddy series um and uh that one's gonna be even darker so that'll be an interesting uh, yeah. it'll be interesting to balance that now have you yeah. written a mafia series yet or this will be your first mafia this will be my first mafia um my mafia guy, the first one showed up in Wolf's book, made an appearance. So, but I have not written an actual mafia book yet. Wonderful. You'll have fun. I Mine think I will. came out over the summer and it was an absolute blast. And there are some, there's a, it's a CGL dynamic. Um, 
but my characters were a bit too psychotic to really fill the role of a daddy, which is why yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. And and I had even reached out to some members of the community. I'm like, okay, so listen, here's the characteristics. Like, I mean, it's still CGL. I mean, he's still a caregiver, but like not a daddy daddy. Like, you know, right. I mean, there's, like you said, there's certain expectations for the daddies too in a lot of these books. And mine were just a little too nuts, but um, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, that's a, there's a fine line with daddy books. Um, yeah. There just is. I think especially daddy age playbooks. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. Because um, you can have a CGL type relationship that doesn't have age play as part of yeah. it too. Yeah. Um, and I think that's more of what, I mean, that's definitely more of what I ended up writing. That's a lot more of what I've read over the years, um, where mm-hmm. I'm just now digging into the world of daddies since I met you and Pepper and Becca and everyone yeah. else. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's, there's, you know, it's, it's funny when you start writing a lot of the darker stuff, or even when you start reading a lot of the darker stuff. I know as a reader, when I started reading some of it, I was like, wow, I really like this, but like, mm-hmm. why do I like this? You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, the interesting part is, and, and sometimes you randomly will hear the comparison, but I mean, what we read in our books is not that different of what you see on the television sometimes or in a movie, yes. right? Yeah, and yet we seem to be held to this different standard by our readers versus like people who are just going to go and pay, you know, 20 bucks to see a movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it does. It's, yeah, it's definitely interesting. It's tricky, isn't it? It's a tricky Yeah, it is. It is. So if you had somebody who was coming to you and they were like, hey, I think I want to start reading about age play or I want to start reading in the world of daddy. What would, where would you kind of recommend they start? Um, I think, you know, I think that that's a tough one. It, I think it depends on what kind of age play they're interested in. Do they want sweet and fluffy or do they want, um, you know, a longer book that has mm-hmm. a, a longer storyline? Um, but I think starting with any age play author that is known is a safe bet because um, I think all of us really care about our characters and how we portray the dynamic um, out into the world and we try to make it um, make our readers understand that you know it's a consensual dynamic um, Mm -hmm. between the characters um, if they were asking like one of my books, I would probably recommend Knox, which is my first book in my Daddies of the Shadow series. Um, he's probably been my most popular book, but he's also, you know, he's, um, he has some darkness to him, but not too much. And, and she's just as sweet as can be. And it's just kind of a light read, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Kinda. I mean, someone gets killed in there, but um, he deserved it. So, um, uh, but you know, it just depends. I think Pepper um, or like Paige Michaels would be great for the lighter and the fluffier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it comes with a few extra questions. It sounds like, which is totally acceptable. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you had referred to or alluded to really was you know, the accurate representation of this in books. And so talk to me a little bit about your thoughts and the passion around that, because that's a lot of what Smell Lovers, the community was built on was just, um, 
you know, the importance of portraying the community as a whole correctly, um, mm-hmm. as correctly as we can, whether we are members of that community or not, and just not doing any harm because there's a lot of stuff, obviously, over the years that has come out that is not an accurate representation of a lot right. of the play that we see in our books. Yeah. What are your thoughts kind it, of on all that? Well, I think it's really important to be informed and to do your research. Um, and when you are writing a book, you have to, you kind of have to, I mean, oh. some people like um, CNC, consensual non-consent, mm-hmm. um, which I think is great. And it can be done in, in any, I mean, there's daddy and littles that are CNC, but when you're writing, you I have learned that you need to make it clear that that's what yeah. um, the character wants is that she, she wants her consent taken away. And because otherwise it, it's abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, if ultimately, if the entire dynamic is not consented to, it's, a, it, it's, it, it's a form of abuse. And so right. um, whether it's abuse of power or emotions or, or, you know, anything. Um, and so I think portraying consent is huge. Um, and, and making it clear, having safe words, you know, brought up, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so important. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that what I love to see. And and I, I and personally, I'll just throw my opinion. I think a lot of what's driving the um, importance of accurate representation is coming from book talk. Right. And so, I mean, we see a lot of our a lot of our readers are taking to this new platform and they're kind of going through and they're talking to us about the things that are bothering them in some of these books and what yes. they're seeing. Um, and I personally am grateful for that because otherwise it's always been very hard to get that type of feedback from a reader. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, and I think it's great. I mean, the stuff that you, you know, you're sharing is the, the truth behind all of smell lovers. Right. But also the community as a whole. I mean, if, yeah, if the consent part isn't there, if the previous agreements aren't there, if everything isn't set up in advance, then yes, it very much comes down to just straight up being abused to either of the partners. Yeah. Um, and now, so when you write a, a CGR, DGL relationship with daddies and littles and so forth, um, does it look different? I mean, is it typically when you're writing these, is it a everyday 24-7 lifestyle that your characters are living in these books? Or is it typically more scene play where everything's agreed upon beforehand and we're still dealing with before care and after care? And and what does those, those parts of it look like? What does before or after care look like for your characters in a DGL relationship, I mean, in comparison to what we see in, let's say, an impact play scene, right? Because, I mean, that's going to look very different than I think what mm-hmm. some of your characters would see, too. Although impact play could be part of the dynamic, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's not, the aftercare is not greatly different. I mean, it is different, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, so most of my stories are, I would say they're not 24 seven, but they are because most of my characters, the women, they still have jobs, um, mm-hmm. whether they're working from home or, or whatever. So they still have work. Um, but they, um, you know, they still have their, their responsibilities that they have to do. But when they're no longer at work and they're home with their daddy, then, um, 
they get to be little if they want to, and maybe they don't feel like it and, and they don't have to be, um, you know, it's not something where it's forced on them. Um, mm -hmm. but the male character always makes it clear that she can be little whenever she wants to, because if that makes her feel good, mm -hmm. um, and you know, they're the aftercare type thing. I mean, a lot of times it's being wrapped up in a blanket and, and held, um, mm -hmm. or, you know, given a bath afterwards, which is always, you know, that's very common, even in, in a standard, um, BDSM relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so it, it's actually, it's interesting because H play and, and all that, there are differences, but there's very many similarities. Yeah, it sounds like there really is. And then what about for your daddies? I mean, is there any specific aftercare or anything that, or, I mean, that sh the mind shift, right? Because, I mean, that mind space is different between interacting with them as a little versus as a strong woman with opinions and jobs and all these other things, you know, responsibilities yeah. and so forth. It's part of our everyday life. Do your characters, or do you ever see your characters struggling a little bit moving in and out of those things? Or for your daddies, is it pretty easy or is it difficult? Or even, I guess, for your littles, is it difficult or easy for them as they're getting used to the new dynamic? Right. Um, several of my littles, they fight it in the beginning. Mm -hmm. They, you know, a lot of their, they insist that they aren't little and then slowly they start to realize there's things that they enjoy. Okay. Um, all of my male characters are just very dominant. And so even when their woman is not being little, they're still um, pretty dominant in their relationship. Um, mm -hmm. but they treat their women like Queens. I mean, they worship yeah. them and, and just love them wholeheartedly. Um, you know, and as far as I think, I think when in my stories, when the daddy is giving aftercare, that's his aftercare too, because mm -hmm. he feels so good about being able to take care of her and, um, be that provider for her, um, yeah. and be that safe, safe place. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, I think it's, it's one of those things that, you know, it appeals, uh, I don't know, as a reader to me reading it, both roles appeal to me, right? Like, I mean, I like, I like the idea of imagining myself as the little, but I also like the warm and fuzzy feelings that the daddy gets as they're, you know, providing these yeah. services to their sub as well. Um, I just think that's what kind of makes these so much fun. <laughs> you know, it's one of the best parts about it. Um, so are there any specific character traits that you typically like to avoid when you're writing these types of characters? I know you mentioned sometimes they get a little too hard or too scary. Is there specific actions or characteristics that you've kind of learned over time that you need to kind of stay away from in order to keep them endearing to your readers? Um, I, like I said, I really like growly daddies. I like, I like the, the big, strong, just push they're they'll just push those bounds in and um you know they are just <laughs> they're just very overbearing sometimes um I love that you know mm -hmm. um and but sometimes I have to soften that sometimes it's too much yeah they're being too demanding too um <laughs> too bossy too 
um, pushy. And yeah. so I have to kind of slow that down sometimes. That makes sense, I would imagine. Um, I don't, you know, it's funny as you start to tailor your books to your audience and to your readers and what they love. I think you learn a little more and more each time, but um, the growly daddies appeal to a lot of us. Any kind of growly dom or growly book boyfriend, I think appeals yeah. to everyone out there. Recently I was, um, yeah, it was Corbin King was on TikTok. He's a narrator and he was talking about how many times our characters growl in our books as he's narrating them. And he's like, I always yeah. have to go back to the author. Like, am I actually growling out the word or do you want me to say he growled it? And he's like, and he was saying how, um, and y'all could find him on TikTok. I'm sure there's videos out there. But he was saying how, you know, nine times out of 10, it's no growl the word. Like, we want to hear you growl the word. <laughs> yeah. Like, why would yeah. you not? <laughs> right, right. That's the fun part. That's the fun part. Exactly. So we are um, quickly running out of time. Tell me a little bit more about what's to kind of come for you. You mentioned a little yeah. bit about your Mafia series. Anything additional you want to share with us about that and what's to kind of come there? And I mean, we're, you know, into 2023 at this point by the time we publish our episode here. So what does this next year look like for you? Um, yeah, so we are, yeah, we're in 2023. So um, I, I will be of the Shadows series. Hope you cut out just a little bit there. Say that one more time. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it was glitching. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm finishing up Daddies of the Shadows this year. Um, mm -hmm. And then I am um, working with Pepper North and Becca Jamison on a project um, that we will be coming out with um, in the new year um, that will not be released until this summer. Um, after that, I'm also working on another project, um, which has not been announced yet. Uh, and then I will be starting the Mafia series, um, hopefully in fall of 2023. Although my readers are just pining for reading for to start. So <laughs> that's what we said. The tricky balance, the tricky balance. It um, is. Well, that's awesome. It sounds like you've got a busy year ahead of you and, um, and, I, and everybody's can't wait for more. Now, do yes. you ever write, I mean, you, you've got these projects that are coming up. Do you ever write any kind of shared world or anthology stuff where we might see some of your past work in? Or is everything you have so far been, uh, we find all of your books under you? All of my books are under me. Um, I've, I've participated in a couple of small anthologies. Um, one is coming out here soon. It's called um, Dirty Discipline, and um, that will be published, I believe, in December. Um, and so that one is just a, a standalone short story by me. Um, mm -hmm. And then I will partake in an anthology in the future, um, hopefully in the summer of 2023. Mm -hmm. um, and then Pepper and Becca and I are going to have a shared world. Oh, okay. Yeah. Didn't mean to dig into that project any more than you were. No, really that's okay. I mean, we, it's, you know, it's, um, it's totally fine. Uh, it's very exciting and we can hardly wait. We're just so excited. Good, 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 good. I mean, you all are three pretty amazing daddy authors, so I can definitely see that uh, the readers will be sitting on the edge of their seat waiting for that one as well. Yes. It's exciting. <laughs> so, we're, we're having fun. 
That's good. That's good. And I think you need that a little bit as an author. I mean, what we do, it's such a solo gig. I mean, you kind of get stuck in your own little world for, well, your own little imaginary world for sometimes a little too long. So it's nice yeah. to be able to share it with others. Yeah. It can get a little lonely sometimes. Again. All right. So guys, we're going to go ahead. We will link to everything, all the places that you can find Kate um, in our show notes. You're pretty much Kate Oliver books everywhere though, correct? If I'm looking at everything. I am on TikTok. I am author Kate Oliver. Author Kate um, Oliver. Okay. But everywhere else I am kate.oliver.books and my website is kateoliverbooks.com. Perfect. We'll make sure we've got all that there. So if you guys want to check out some of the darker daddy books, the growly daddies of dark romance, that might be what we named this episode. I think it's catchy. <laughs> then make sure you get over to Kate's website and get those downloaded and enjoy them before Smut Lovers the Conference because Kate is also coming as one of our signing authors. So we are yes, so excited I'm to excited. have you there. I know it should be so much fun. We just recently expanded space. We sold out in less than 30 days and all the tables. So yes, the, the interest is there and we just absolutely can't wait. So I'll be excited to see you again at another signing very soon. Yes. Um, but thank you again for spending tonight with me. Um, for those of you who are listening, thank you again for joining us in this week's episode of Smut Lovers, the podcast. As always, we appreciate your support. And don't forget, for those of you who follow along on Patreon, we will hang up here and get ready to record our extra 15 minutes of spicy fun. So if you if you are a member of our Patreon and supporting us there, then you'll get all these extra bonus scenes. And that's it. Kate, any final words for everyone before we let them go? Nope. Thank you so much for all your support, all my readers. I just, my readers are amazing. And um that's they're just amazing and so that's i just want to thank everyone out there who reads reviews messages anything any anything that you guys do is amazing and i appreciate it so much that is so much the truth all right guys stay smutty we'll see you in a couple weeks thanks again kate i'll talk to you in a minute thanks for listening to this week's episode of smut lovers the podcast for more content, be sure to join our Patreon for an extra kinky 15 minutes with today's guest. Also, don't forget to subscribe and visit us at smutlovers.org. Until next time, happy reading!